Hello and welcome to FW Presents and another installment of Where Does He Get Those Wonderful Toys. I'm your host, Chris Franklin, and man, it's been a long time since I've done one of these episodes. Uh, I have done a few video versions of the show in the meantime, so if you haven't, go to YouTube, search for the Fire and Water Podcast Network, and you'll find our YouTube channel and some wonderful toy videos there. But I wanted to revive this series to talk to a friend of the network who has some very exciting projects going on. You know him as the man behind the retro heaven that is PlaidStallions.com and the co-host of the spinoff podcast Pod Stallions. He's also one of the fine folks curating the wonderful MigoMuseum.com and he has a series of exciting videos on YouTube on his Brick Mantooth channel that spotlight vintage toys and even some new toys with a vintage connection. Please join me in welcoming the hardest working man in toy collecting business, Brian Heiler. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Hey, man, that was amazing. Do you do you write those down? Because I <laughs> I never do that. <laughs> yeah, I write. I have I to write it down. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty amazing. Like I was just listening to that, going like I have never gone more than ten seconds on an intro without like tripping over my feet. So. Very impressive, sir. Well, I, I just wrote it down. It's not as much as Gilbert Godfrey when he has people on his podcast. How he goes on for like ten minutes introducing, mm. but but it's. Uh... <laughs> but he's also like, um, you know, used to being on stage and, right, you know, being the center of attention. So that the very very well done, sir. Well, um, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I I can't get. Like, I don't even get our names right when we do pod stallions. I'm Jason, and that's Brian. Oh, no, wait, that's the other way around. Um, so, congratulations. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. Uh, of course, uh, all the things I mentioned are true, and if they weren't enough, you've added magazine publisher to your resume. Yeah, I needed more things. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> so what prompted that to uh for you to spin off toy ventures your youtube series into a print magazine well you know the desire to do that has been like always festering um i wanted to publish amigo book when i was like you know in my teen years uh and of course you know I, the lack of knowledge and and uh finances and that sort of thing uh you know I held that back and I tried to do it in my 20s and then you know I just I've always wanted to do this kind of toy history thing and and what really inspired it was um being laid off uh from my job and um there was a lot going on you know there's a lot of like drama online and I I sat there thinking like well, I could, you know, participate in this or I could go do something. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the catalyst that, you know, like uh, that was the thing that made me realize, OK, this is finally the time to try and create something that's fun and, you know, make my mark, I guess, and finally do it. And uh, so as much as it was like an unfun time, it was actually something I'm kind of grateful for because it was, a, it created a change in my life. It, it, you know, it changed the dynamic and the pattern of what I was doing. Nice. So and, you turning two negatives into a positive. Yeah. It, it created a habit. Um, and since then, you know, like I've watched, um, my own personal growth as a designer, and the way I think about things and, and the way I've run this thing. And yeah, I, I'm now 
very, very grateful for that whole bad situation because I've created this thing and, um, I, I, you know, it, it's a wonderful, uh, feeling to, it's a validating thing to create something you, you've always wanted to do. You've, I've always wanted to do this. So, um, you know, it, it, it's it's 35 years in the making, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> That's great. I wish you'd made that book, though, when I was uh, I was uh, starting collecting, though, because I could have really used it because I had that. Green no, it, was, it would have been it would have been horrible because <laughs> uh, I've, I've picked up all my notes from that era. And it's like, oh, wow, I was really out to lunch. Uh, <laughs> you know? uh, I just didn't you know, it was the pre-Internet era and um I'm glad that didn't get out there because I'd be like a, a, a charlatan, a fraud, you know. <laughs> Brian said there was a uh, a commandy action figure in the yeah, world's yeah, greatest yeah. superhero line. <laughs> totally. He said the apes came out in 1967, you know. Right. <laughs> Actually, and this is throwing off, not to throw off on the, the author, but the, I had an early collector book that we've talked about before, that uh, Greenberg's Guide to Superhero Collectibles. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and it's a wonderful book, It's 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 it, but it was made in those wilderness years, and so there is some misinformation that we now know is, is incorrect, you know. It, oh, yeah, yeah, Pocket Hero Shazam. Yeah, uh, right, right. Green Lantern, and, yeah, Green Lantern, Pocket Heroes, and things like that, yeah. I um I was behind the scenes on that one uh, just tiny bit because I knew a guy and what really drives me crazy is the um the guy who helped make that book he owned the greatest american hero prototype and it doesn't make it into that book oh. and um it it really is like one of the more bizarre like why the hell isn't that in there you know um because I remember that guy, like the John McGonagall, who helped out with that book, um, saying to me, yeah, I own the first American Hero prototype. And it's like, oh, I'd really love to see a picture of it. And, of course, back then, if you wanted to see a picture of it, he'd actually have to take a photo of it, get it developed, and mail it to you. Right. And um, that didn't happen. <laughs> and, you know, he, I just can't believe that um, – the fellow that, that, that made that book didn't um, ask for that, like didn't say, let's put that in the book because it would have been mind blowing back in the, uh, the mid eighties like that. Right. The show was still fairly fresh. I mean, it, it was, it was probably still in syndication at that point, you know, and like in, you know, in the afternoons or in the late evenings on certain channels and stuff. So yeah, that, that would have been great. And plus, I remember there's a there's a fig there's a picture of a parachuting dynamut in that book. So uh, we got dynamut, but not uh, not William Katz, Ralph Hinckley, which is <laughs> yeah, it's it's a strange omission, yeah. especially because I I remember getting that book and going like, why are the Secret Wars in here? The Secret Wars are still like sitting in the clearance section of my toys R us right yeah. and you know like it was just one of those things and i'm sure like people who like people children of the 80s appreciate that in the book now and i do own a copy somewhere yeah. um but yeah it was it was a you know it was a weird book and i think i appreciated it at the time because like we didn't get books yeah you know back then we didn't get magazines that 
that heyday of action figure collecting or acknowledging action figure collecting really started to happen in the 1990s. Yes, yes. You know, uh, Tomarts and yep. Lees and um, well, those are the big ones. And then Toy Fair yeah. uh, came along. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a subscription to Tomarts and Lees at one time. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> and somebody got me the Tomart, uh, like the revised action figure guide, the big book. Uh, oh yeah, that was an amazing book at the time. Oh yeah, I mean they, now it's got a lot of like a lot of the information, and that's not correct either. Now we know, but again, <laughs> wilderness years, you know, pre, uh, you know, the internet might have been around, but it obviously wasn't widely available. So uh, yeah, it's it, it's, but yeah, I I still get that book out and look at it because it's like there's no. There's no uh, there's no one book that has that many different action figure lines in it, you know. Uh, oh, that that thing I remember when that thing came out, um, it blew my mind. There there was before that there was a catalog that came out, and Jason and I have talked about this on Pot Stallions a bunch of times called "It's a Small World," where it was a guy by the name of uh, Israel Levick, and um, he published this toy catalog full of things nobody you know had seen before you know japanese toys and um foreign items and i i remember getting a copy from him i couldn't afford anything in it and most of the stuff was, was sold you know, by the time that I had seen it but it was still like the knowledge in there you know he had the uh the the one thing I remember really was the German um, two packs of Western heroes from Mego mm. and going like, that's a thing, you know, um, stuff like that. And that that really inspired my imagination. And, and um, I think it did it for a lot of people like those kind of things getting out there. That was a full color catalog, too. Wow. And um you know, and Lev now owns Toy Tokyo. But uh, back then, I mean, he really was almost the internet with this stuff. Hmm. I, um, some, I somehow missed out on that one. I, I, I hate that, man. That, that, that'd been wonderful. Because I, I remember getting, like, some black and white photocopy, mm. um, like, catalogs from, uh, maybe it was, like, Toy Scouts or something like that. Oh, uh, Toy Scouts. Yeah, I knew that guy really well. Uh, Bill yeah. Brugman. Yeah. He was another good one. Um, yeah, you used to do that. Like, we we lived on photocopies and black and white images and knowledge of what you know. Like, you didn't know what was what <laughs> right <back> then. And <laughs> um, it was an interesting time. It re it really was. Um, it was the Wild West, and I, I honestly wouldn't um, trade. You know, like as much as I enjoyed that like going to a show and going, what the hell's that? You know, um, I, I prefer it now. Right. You know, uh, I'll just be perfectly honest with you. I, uh, you know, the, the amount of discoveries I've had and, um, it just, just, uh, uh, the fun stuff that I've discovered. I, I would, I wouldn't go back, but there is sort of a nostalgia, to the era of, you know, the print catalog and magazines and that sort of thing. And I, um, uh, you know, that's, that's where I think toy ventures comes from is 
doing it um, in that same kind of vernacular, but also doing it with, you know, a little bit of the, the, the modern aesthetic, like, you know, using all of our, all of our skills to make this love letter every month, every three months. Yeah. And I mean, that's one thing that I really love about the magazine is it is so visually striking. And, and, and honestly, a lot of it in the magazine, I will probably never be able to own, it, you, know, you know, myself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Me I feel either. like I can reach into the magazine and just like grab the AHI creature out of the page and touch him, you know, because <laughs> you do such yeah. a good job with it. <laughs> oh, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, um, there's a lot of stuff in um, – in this that I'm exactly the same way about uh, there's, you know, there's, there's toys that like the color forms outer space, man. Um, yeah. And, you know, in, even, even stuff that I'm very passionate about and I collect like the Lincoln monsters, n- you know, not all of those are mine. Right. I, I can't, you know, I, 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 I've reached a certain point in my collecting in my life that it's like, I can't own all this stuff. <laughs> so it's nice to put it all into um, the, a publication and I can look at it anytime. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm very happy with that um, sort of thing. But, you know, th- this is a love letter. It's, it's not necessarily like, hey, this is all my stuff. I'm I'm I've reached a point and I'm sure you have as well where you're like I can't own it all no you know um whatever I find in my travels will be exciting but um you know I I have since I started the channel and the magazine I have actually bought things just to curate them just to photograph them just to um, have fun with them and then go, well, I don't need to own them forever. Mm. And, um, I'll continue doing that. Um, you know, because it's a journey. It, it's not necessarily like I have to own everything. Yeah. And I, and I kind of like to, and I mean, this is, this is nothing against folks who do this, but I, I kind of like that if you're not going to, if you don't need it, if you're not going to like display it in your collection, that you don't just like, throw it in a rubbermaid tote in a storage building somewhere you actually like pass it on to the next collector you know so that's uh so it can go yeah. on its journey again to somebody somebody else can get some joy out of it so that's that's nice <laughs> I, I totally agree um and i've had to do that you know a few times where it's something i like but i'd rather sell it um because someone else is going to appreciate it more right Right. My my biggest regret as a collector back from those old days is I was just um, being a big superhero guy. I was I just focused way too much on the new stuff coming out in the 90s. And I I wish I'd spent I wish I'd, you know, went after the more more vintage stuff. I mean, I bought some vintage stuff, but I wish I had in hindsight bought more vintage stuff back then when the you know because the prices were <laughs> more affordable you, you and me both you and me both um that quick fix of uh batman the animated series and uh total justice and yeah and famous covers is 
yeah, I get it. Uh, those impulsive things that I, I wish I had never bought are abundant. <laughs> and the, you know, the, like I was, I remember being at a flea market probably in the late 1990s and the guy had a Kresge carded, uh, Aquaman. Ooh. And, uh, you know, you wanted $200 for that. And I was like, meh. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, like, that was 200 bucks. Like, you know, what's that worth now? Right. Like, <laughs> you know, the 1200 or more, probably. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I got, I got smarter as the years went on. But, you know, you only think about the stuff that you didn't buy, you know, um, and, uh, you know, the, the, that that's the things that will haunt you forever, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I still to this day remember uh, going into a, a local, a nearby flea market. And I, I knew of Aquaman and the Great White Shark, but I don't think I'd ever seen a really good picture of it before. And yeah. so I there was this shark there at the flea market and the guy wanted 50 bucks for it. And I'm like... I don't think that's the shark. I think that's the Jaws game shark because I didn't know that well either, but I knew it existed. And they look totally different, really, of course, uh, because the Jaws game ones, the tail's all twisted up and everything. But I was thinking that that's what it was. And so I walked away from it. And then I don't know if I like came home and found a Tomarts that had a picture of the great white shark, but I saw that, oh my God, I passed that up for 50 bucks. And and I even went back the next weekend and it was gone. Uh, so I was just like, oh my god! I've, you know, it was just a shark loose. But at the same time, I, I still, Cindy and I were in that flea market for the first time in like years, just a couple months ago. Uh, and I was like, she's like, remember that when you saw the shark? And I'm like, yes, honey, I remember when I saw the shark. <laughs> dude, dude, I, I actually have you beat on that. Um... Uh, this is probably when did the crow come out um like 94 yeah something like that um i went to uh, the only reason i say that is that we went to see the crow that night but we drove me and my friends to new jersey to the chiller theater convention mm. and you know i was a college student i saved all my money and I was a huge Mego collector at the time. I was just going vintage Mego. I was going to be a vintage collector. And I walked in the door, and it was just a high school gymnasium back then. And there was a woman that had the Aquaman and the Great White Shark for $200 in the box. Oh. And I picked it up, and I was like, 200 bucks, eh? Oh, all right. I might come back and get – like, it's the first table I had been to, and like 200 bucks was like all the money I had, you know, uh, but it was still like, yeah, that's a pretty cool piece for 200 bucks. And I, I just, I walked maybe three tables down and went, yeah, I should buy that. You know, like I, like you started getting the remorse and I turn and Lenny Lee of Lee's action figure news is standing in front of me holding it going, this was only 200 bucks and it was like oh great 
Okay, so that's like the world's greatest reminder, like of yeah, you should have bought that damn thing. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> At least it went to somebody who probably like photographed it and put it in his magazine and everything. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Um, super great. Uh, I have a strong feeling I now own that one. Oh, okay. Uh, but you know, I'll never know. Uh, I just I have this weird feeling that that's the one that's in my collection now and I paid, you know, more than two hundred dollars for it. Right. But uh, not that much more. But uh well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it, it it bounced around. But I have a I have a strong feeling this is the one. I I'd like to I sleep better at night knowing I own it now. But yeah, that that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it'll haunt you, you know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, that's one good thing about that's you know that, that like I said I love about Toy Ventures is like I can I can live vicariously through the magazine like the the in the first issue uh which is in as Azrak Hamway International uh tribute issue you've got a wonderful spread on the world's famous super monsters and I, I think there's part of me that's like I'm content with that but at the same time with those I don't know. It's, it's like a tactile thing. Now I actually like at the same time I'm satisfied, but I also actually want to more, like I want to squish that Frankenstein's head and see if it's a soft one or not. You know, I want to, <laughs> cause I've never owned any of those, which is weird. Is that, is that weird that I want to do that? I mean, it's <laughs> no, not, not at all. Um, that, you know, I think toy collecting is extremely tactile and that's, I think why, uh, the magazine sells so well is that we are a touchy uh, a tribe you know we mm-hmm. we want to we want to own that physical thing and that's one of the reasons that inspired me to even go into print was i think people like that uh, you know if you collect toys and um you know because like think about it we could all just look at pictures of toys and <laughs> be fine with it but uh the the idea that you're getting something you're putting it away um there's 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 a there's a vibe to that you know just in the same way that i collect blu-ray movies or records or anything like that you know those all those things can be sourced online Mm -hmm. and and be had for pennies but we all we all seem to like to have the physical thing. And, um, I get that, you know, I, I, I super get that. I, I collect things that, you know, years later you're like, why did, why was I so passionate about this? You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I, I, I remember when the, um, this is a comic thing, but, uh, impact comics came out. Yeah. And I was like, so I really like those characters and I was like, so I was buying like two copies of each and putting them away. And, and you know, that, that really paid off. My kids have, my kids couldn't go to barber college on that. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's like one of those things where you, you sit there and go like, why did that, why did that trigger me to do this? Right. And, it, you know, it, it hit a nerve. It, it hit this like, I've got to preserve it. I've got to you know, curate it. And, um, you know, I think that's in us. Yeah. 
I, I think so. I, th- I think that, I think that's part of it. That's probably one reason. I mean, it, it, it actually, like you said, it actually goes to the nature of us. Why do we have to have, why am I surrounded by, by little plastic men right now? Because I have to, I have to own them, touch them, place them. Even if I don't play with them anymore, I pose them and set them up on a shelf, you know? Uh, and I actually, it's kind of funny. You brought up the, uh, the, the impact, which of course are the Archie characters done by DC, uh, and I was into that line too, and and actually, uh, you know, Rob and Shag are going to do eventually do the Impact Who's Who loose leaf edition on Who's oh, Who. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. But the bad thing is, my copy of Who's the the, the Impact Who's Who uh, bit the dust in a in a uh, leak in my uh, closet at home, so I don't have those. Uh, <laughs> those that's the one version of Who's Who I don't own it all of them up because it. Didn't they make an impact binder? Yeah, and it was in the binder too, and the binder got yeah. Got ruined. I, yeah. I remember that like I was that was like my first year of college, and um, that was starting to really stretch my uh, my my uh, disposable income. And I remember when that binder came out, I was like, okay, I gotta stop. I gotta stop collecting <laughs> comics. Like it's just too much, you know. Yeah. Um, and um yeah I, I i abandoned the impact comic collection i think i finally saw the finale at a barber shop believe it or not oh um <laughs> like they 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 did a mighty crusaders at the end and the final uh, uh issue was at my barber shop like in i don't remember what year it was but i was like oh it's it's nice to have closure you know um <laughs> Yeah, did uh, so in issue one you actually show um, the parachute figures that yeah. AHI made from Mighty Crusaders. So I, I know I think you've shown. Does have you ever like seen like is it just the web? Is that the only one you've ever like been able to come across or? or have you yeah, seen like um, there's there's another collector I know. Like I I found I found three web I items in my years of searching i found a um helicopter which i stupidly sold mm. uh, or gave to a friend i think I, I think i gave it to a friend um the parachutist and the um the uh the the uh, uh the motorcyclist now okay. i know another collector uh sean that has uh, the the skull or the sting he has has a a piece with that character uh that's it uh the shield i don't know if the shield got made hmm. i i interviewed a, a former remco guy from that era and he said oh it, it probably did hmm. uh, <clears throat> but i've never seen it i've only ever found web hmm. um and you know he said that at that point um nobody was buying that stuff anymore. Uh, you know, like it, uh, he felt that, you know, buyers had become kind of savvy. Why would Superman need a parachute? That sort of thing. And, um, you know, especially with the Archie comics characters, you know, it was kind of like getting to the bottom of the barrel. So that truly is some very interesting stuff. I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge a fan of the action figures Remco made of those characters, but uh, I am a huge fan of that, like kind of 
weird toys that came after that. Like, I really do not like the Mighty Crusaders action figures um, for their sculpts and their their terrible character choices. You yeah. know, um, <laughs> I, I forget. They're like they didn't do Flyman, and they didn't do. Um, Oh, there's another character they didn't do that I was just shocked. Jaguar, they didn't do the Jaguar. They didn't do the Jaguar. They did the Comet, which, you know, um, (laughs) and and then they did four villains no one cares about. Right. (laughs) And they they don't emulate, uh, they don't emulate any other style. They don't look like Secret Wars. They don't look like uh, superpowers. And it's like, well, what was the point of these? You know, like, Remco was usually really good for mocking, you know, if they wanted to mock He-Man, they'd mock He-Man, they mocked G.I. Joe. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, that's that's one of the things I, I consider kind of a fail is that they they weren't knocking off anybody. They right. were making their own weird action figures that don't fit in any other style. And it's like, you know, they're they're like taller than everybody else and they they look weird. And yeah, they're uh, stocky. They're, they're 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 yeah, they're they're George Costanza action figures. <laughs> and, uh yeah, and I honestly remember when they first came out. Well, no, not when they first came out. Because I don't think they ever hit Canada. But I was a toy collector like in the you know, the late eighties, and I remember uh that same fellow that worked on the um the Greenbergs book, uh, John McGonagall, he he and I were talking and I said Oh, I was, you know, you get these photocopied lists of toys. And um, I ordered the Mighty Crusaders. They were like $7 each out of this toy list. And um, he said, oh, have you seen them? <laughs> and, and I said, no, no, I just, you know, there was no photos. I just sent the woman, you know, like $49, you know. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to let you down gentle, you know, they're, they're terrible. <laughs> and he, you know, and I remember he just described like the packaging is just a fist and, you know, just the whole thing. And I, I vividly remember that phone conversation and being like, like crestfallen, but sort of grateful in right. the same way, because I remember thinking like, Oh, well, when they arrive, I won't be totally disappointed. Right. And, you know, I ripped them all off the card and I don't know what happened to them all. Um, but yeah, I was super disappointed with them. I, I had a set of those because I, I walked in, I mean, as a kid, like I was when they came out, like I was like nine or, or something. And I, I walked into um, a Dollar General <laughs> store, which looking back, Dollar General carried a lot of Remco stuff because I remember they had the the nine inch and the three and three quarter inch monster figures there. And I didn't buy them back then like an idiot, but I was like, still like scared of the monsters when they had them. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, famously, I'm scared, the scared to death of the wolf man. Who's now my favorite. But, uh, but I remember walking we're, in, we're, we're all, we were all scared of our favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I think that I think that's why they're our favorites. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I walked in, though, like in 1984, whenever those came out, though, and I'm like, holy crap, who made action figures of these Archie characters? Because I, you know, I bought those comics, you know, 
Uh, and, and I, like you, I'm like, where's the fly? You know, where, I was yeah. like looking through, well, the fly is the most famous one, right? Uh, you know, yeah. he, he's like, what? I thought, you know, I saw the yellow and green. I'm like, oh, okay. That's the, oh no, this is the web. That's right. I'm like, yeah. where's the fly? And I got them all. Like, I don't think I got them all that day, but eventually I got them all. Cause they were cheap. I don't know how much they were. They probably like two bucks or something. And, yeah. and, uh, I got them all, but the, whatever one was like the buzzard or whatever that had the removable helmet. That's the only one I didn't get. And I had the, oh. I had the rest of them and I, and me and my friends like just inserted them into our superpowers and secret wars play, even though they were kind of, you know, not dorky. like dorky and like, but they like, sometimes they were them. And sometimes like, you know, okay. Uh, the comet Cyclops and, uh, yeah. the, the shield is steel from justice league Detroit now. And you know, so, <laughs> yeah. so things it, like sort that. of like inserting mash characters, you know, remember those terrible mash figures Yep, <laughs> that came out. I tried to insert those into GI Joe play, Yeah, but they just like, why are you laughing? You know, like they were all, smiling to the point of like it's almost horrific you know what i mean like right. uh, especially with those later seasons of mash you're like eh, there wasn't a lot of laughing going on no there's a lot uh, more drama than the comedy in the later seasons yeah <laughs> yeah 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 especially like the you know the last episode of mash has got a whole bunch of downers oh yeah yeah it's it's yeah most definitely yeah so <laughs> I, you know, one thing too that I've really enjoyed in in Toy Ventures is like in issue two, like you had like two different like never before seen reveals, and and one of them was something I know that you had been passionately looking for for years was the Monster Squad figures. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that one is um, that one was like one of those things where I don't care if I sell like ten copies of this. Um, I'm excited to just give this the centerfold, so to speak, because I, I just the Monster Squad is like one of those things that you know I really connected with as a kid, and um, to have it, you know, to to be able to showcase those for the first time ever uh, in a publication was you know such an incredible honor. Um, and you know, that's more like, you know, I know a lot of people like star Wars and that sort of stuff, but that was like my star Wars. Um, I was so happy to have those in there and, you know, I, that's the, the point of toy ventures is it's, I guess I just really liked the idea of, um, being that guy, you know, for, for that stuff. Um, I, I don't know how to explain it other than that. It was just an obscurity issue. And, um, th that was, a, that was a real high point for me. Yeah. It, it's a personal high point. It, it, I, I know that, you know, you had like just posts and stuff you'd made over the years that you, you know, you would show the catalog page and I hope they surface someday. And, and then uh, there they were. And I mean, I got to say, I mean, I unfortunately, and, and guys, we're talking about the, the 70s TV series of Monster Squad, not the Wolfman Scott Nards, uh, you know, movie Monster Squad. Uh, yeah. But, 
<laughs> which I love well, that you know, one too, but you know, so. yeah, no, I, I, I'm not that fond. Like I would like, I, that's a movie I'd like to like better. Hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, that is, that's, that's a fun thing. Uh, I spent years going to, uh, like tape, you know, like chiller theaters asking people for episodes of the monster squad. Uh, because it was at one time a really like it was like Legends of the Super Friends or Legends of Superheroes or right. even old even old episodes Shazam were difficult to find at one time. Yeah, uh, uh, I remember going to one show and a guy saying, "Oh no, they destroyed all those." Oh man, you know, and it was like I don't think they did. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, that seems stupid. Fred Grandy you know, had them all destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he, he was talking about the Shazam. The oh, Shazam. Okay, okay. They were all destroyed. And it was like, that That probably isn't true. Jackson, you, you Jackson probably... Boswick had them all destroyed then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was, was the other guy? The, the, the more like... John uh, Davey. The love handles Captain Marvel. Yeah, John Davey. I, I really I really like John Davey. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was more of a Jackson Bostwick guy. <laughs> oh, I I'm I'm just kidding. Um, okay, okay. Yes, Jackson Bostwick is, is is Shazam. Uh John Davey was kind of like you know, just so discordant when you're a kid. Yeah. It, it's the shimp. He's the shimp of Shazam. Well, he's not he's not terrible. No, he's it's not. Just, it's like they did not find a guy who look like Justin Box? Like they didn't even try. No, you know, um, it's 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 uh, you know like Barney Gumble as Krusty the Crown Clown. You know, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just remember as a kid, like what? You know, who, who's that? You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, re- I remember that. Yeah, that was uh, when it, whenever they would, uh, it, it, you know, I was watching da- Jackson Bosworth. It probably wasn't first run it was probably when they were reruns for me but uh but still on saturday morning but yeah uh you know when they'd switch over to him and i'd just be like oh you know <laughs> and there's nothing against him he's he's fine in the role but jackson Bosman was just so perfect that it just well, it, it's it's like what marvel did with uh, war machine you know like um uh, terrence howard and don Cheadle look absolutely nothing alike. right exactly there's, there, there's no attempt there to to make a different dude you know like right <laughs> the same dude it's just, I, you know i mean i i like don Cheadle better in the role but I do too, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it just it was like one of those things is like wow they didn't even they didn't even try yeah they didn't even bother yeah <laughs> but no, but we were we, we digress but yeah the, the the so the monster squad figures uh, i guess now that you're on to that they shared a catalog page with the, the kids from caper so now are you tracking no. the kids from caper down <laughs> no um i have never heard uh, i don't rem- i don't think that show played in my area to oh, be okay. honest with you um you know like your local affiliate could blank out a program like i, I never saw um, spider woman as a kid because the buffalo channel WKBW played Woody Woodpecker instead. Mm. So we'd see the commercials for Spider Woman all morning. And like children, we would think, well, it's going to be different this week. We're going to get Spider Woman this morning. (laughs) And of course, it would always be, it would just go blank and then Woody Woodpecker would play. 
Yeah. So I, I didn't see Spider Woman until I think um, the you know the video store revolution of the mid '80s, when those you know those clamshell tapes oh, yeah. came out. Yep. And uh, I remember um, I remember really hating Spider Woman when I finally saw it. Um, <laughs> Nothing like the comic. <laughs> no, well, yeah. Other I, than her know, costume. <laughs> and, and then I realized, you know, like. And now as an adult, like I realized that the reason I liked the the Spider Woman comic as a kid is because I was kind of infatuated with the character. Um, you know, I was like, just didn't quite understand what what was going on in my brain. At the, the pneumatic time. drawings of Carmine Infantino. <laughs> yeah, uh, pointy pointy drawings of Carmine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he drew some interesting. He drew some, the the female form. Uh, very angular yes. and um, yeah. it's it's like weird now but you know um, it's strangely appealing though I, I get it I yeah, get it I, 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 I like it but I don't understand exactly why <laughs> um, <laughs> also, he also designed Batgirl so that explains a lot of yeah, our infatuation yeah, yeah, yeah. with Batgirl yeah, right? that, that, that definitely has some merit and I mean like I also find the like as a kid, I found the way Jack Kirby drew women very appealing, and mm -hmm. it's they're not human looking, right. you know. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, this has become a therapy session for us. Oh, right? sure. Yeah, it's very cathartic. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I remember those Marvel videotapes. That there was a there was a video store downtown that. Me and my buddies would go to. They would let us rent anything, and I mean anything. <laughs> and I saw way I saw stuff I had no business seeing at a young age. Uh, we we had a we had a Korean variety store uh, that just assumed I was like eighteen when I was fifteen. They would sell me cigarettes. They would, and yeah, they had a video section that. Um, yeah, I, I mainly rented the top row. <laughs> <laughs> But it was odd because we'd rent these like not rated things that, you know, it, it, we couldn't get away with written like really, but we could rent stuff that's like clearly not rated, but it should have been a, a hard oh, R, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. And, and uh, then we'd rent these Marvel videos that were the old, mostly the old 60s cartoons, but sometimes they throw in a, a Spider Woman or any, any, any Marvel cartoon that they had. They must have had the rights to this video company. And, and yeah. they'd, they'd have well, like the, the Vulture was... and Sandman have their own video cassette, you know? It's, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. What blew my mind was they had these episodes of that um, Spider Man cartoon that I don't think anyone ever saw. Oh, I know? did. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know the, the, the solo uh, spider-man cartoon that looks yeah. like amazing friends yeah yeah and it, like i never really like i liked spider-man amazing friends but i mean it's it is what it is it's a very it's a product of its time yeah and, and you know you you watch it now and that like that that booming uh music you know da -na 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 -na. <laughs> da 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 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, most of most of that Marvel output, like GI Joe and Transformers, is like that, where it's just, you know, the the, the music's on eleven, and uh, you know the voices come in and out, and 
it kind of makes me laugh now, but um, yeah. it's it's very strange uh, era for cartoons, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was I, that that Spider Man cartoon. What's really weird is that in my uh, in my area, Channel Nineteen out of Cincinnati would like just add that to the '60s Spider Man cartoon. In no the way. Yeah, so you would get up in the morning and turn on Spider Man, and you didn't know if you were going to get the old Grant Ray Lawrence Spider Man, Ralph Bakshi Spider Man, or or this new Marvel Productions, you know, Sunbow, okay, whatever. So th- th- that wouldn't have happened in Canada because um, we had like this thing called Canadian content. Oh, yeah. And uh, you had to play like several hours of Canadian produced shows, and Spider Man fell under that because the cast was all Canadian. They right. were all from like CBC Radio, and um, so we never got that weird uh, cartoon until like those videotapes came out. I had never seen that, and it was kind of mind blowing at the time, to be honest with you. I, I actually, I've, I've, I've watched a few of them. Uh, I got a few of them on videotape when they like another company put some videotapes out in the early '90s that were all over Walmart, really cheap. Uh, oh yeah, to buy for like five bucks a piece or something. So I bought them then, and then of course they're on Disney Plus now. They all are pretty much. Uh, and I've watched some Amazing Friends and some Solo, and I gotta say, the Solo is a little less silly. Uh, it's a little. <laughs> I'm not saying it's sophisticated, but it's a little more like an actual Spider-Man comic book. I'm just gonna say that it just feels more like you're reading a Spider-Man comic book, whereas Amazing Friends is kind of its own thing yeah um (laughs) and it's not like i you know i remember amazing friends i liked it um but it's not like i sit there and like revisit it often um (laughs) i've revisited a couple of episodes a couple of years ago and it's like oh yeah i remember this you know um it's not as bad as like that that fantastic four cartoon that came out uh, a few years earlier, that that DePady Freeling. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? Yeah, Where, with like, Herbie. <laughs> oh yeah, that 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 has not aged. Well, I, I remember as a kid, like watch. I loved the Fantastic Four as a kid. Like I, I absolutely adored it, and I watched that cartoon uh, religiously. But it was so tough to sit through, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> I always find it funny, you know, like I think I think uh, nostalgia is a funny thing. And it's it's funny for me to say this because I, I run a nostalgia website and a nostalgia magazine and everything. But like I can't like I, I remember driving somewhere with a dude uh, years ago to a convention and he's like, oh, do you have every episode of Filmation Shazam? And I was like, no, I, I've got one like videotape with four of them on there. It's like, so you don't have every one? And I was like, no, I can't imagine sitting through them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, it's not that I don't love them, but like I'm, you know, at the time I was like a 30, 30 year old guy, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, I got, I got four of them. I've watched them. It's really cool to see them, you know? Um, but there's, you know, there's no, there's no reward at the end if I re you know watch every single episode. Just right. have, yeah, you know? 
Not a show that really holds up to binge watching either. Most no. most, most episodic TV like that just doesn't. So it's too yeah, it's, too formulaic. It's yeah. Simpler time, and it was you know, and um, it's not that I don't love it any less. I, I love it, but you you pick the best moments from your childhood and you revisit them, and 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 that's that. You know, um, years ago, I, I tried my 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 mother bought me the the ultimate six million dollar man box set, and. Mm-hmm. I I love the six million dollar man as a kid and and you know it, it had a huge impact on yeah I remember watching it when I like in reruns when I was ten or twelve and and um I made this pact to myself of like I am gonna watch every episode I'm not gonna skip ahead to the Bigfoot Death Probe Maskatron episodes I'll I'll just and. You know, you start watching it, and it is formulaic television. You know, um, and by by the I think the middle of the second season, you know, I, I mean every other OSI agent is apparently dirty. Yeah, and like it's like, <laughs> does, does anyone screen these people? Like they're just all terrible. <laughs> and you know, I, I ended up watching a Bigfoot episode. Like, ah, oh, screw it. You know, I just I'm gonna go right to the Bigfoot episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's kind of I'm kind of that way with a lot of the shows that that I love and I, I still love. But it's like, I mean, I hate to admit this, but there's a large part of like the super friends. Like I can watch the, all of the challenge of the super friends and I can watch the, the following season, the, the world's greatest super friends where they did all the literary stuff and they had universal universe of evil, but the before and after that, until you get to superpowers, I, I can only selectively like, I can't be, I, I have to watch those just occasionally because I, I don't know. I just, I, I still love them, but it's like, eh, and I'm kind of that way with a lot of, filmation stuff i love it but honestly all the reuse of the same images over and over again literally wears me out after a while i mean star trek and even up to he-man it's the same it's literally the same the the same animation used over and over and over oh yeah I, i love return of the planet of the apes uh but i just don't watch it very often right um you know because it's it's tough it's 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 one of those things where it's like how much can you uh tolerate of reused animation and padding and that sort of thing yeah um 60 spider-man really bad about that <laughs> yeah later i think episodes. with that one though because my wife and i are uh both huge fans of it like from the the can con days uh there's almost a kitsch factor to it yeah yeah and we will watch that or uh, a canadian program called rocket robin hood which there are episodes of uh, rocket robin hood that are actually spider-man episodes yeah <laughs> and um you know there's almost like a um a laughability to it. I, I just can't explain it other than that. Like, um, it's, it's one of those things where you, you like, there's a, there's a, um, let's get a beer and watch this, you know, um, just for the lark. Right. And, uh, 
but uh, that one is um, yeah. Like so, so I really like those. But I know what you're trying to say is that like if you don't have that kind of like kitsch value to it, then um, it doesn't have a, 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 a it doesn't have much appeal. You know. Right. Yeah, and I, I love I still love even the wackier Bakshi Spider Man's, but and I, I mean you and Rob and I did an episode on the Spider Man series several years yeah. ago. But but it, wow, it, how many years ago? Oh, it's been it's been a it's been a, a few at least. I know it's like okay, I have forgotten about it. Yeah. It was like pre COVID, I think. So yeah. <laughs> so, Wow. So okay. Yeah. Every, that throws everything off now, right? So, mm. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. And I, 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 I like watching those episodes, but I, I really sometimes, okay, guys, you've already done a 10 minute swinging sequence. I love the different colored backgrounds, but my God, there's like literally seven minutes of story in this 22 minute episode. So, oh, yeah. No, yeah. I remember one of my uh, high, sc- high school teachers like laughing about Swing City. Yeah. That was his favorite episode. And, uh, you know, it, it, nothing happens in Swing City. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, shows that, you know, we were talking about you had the prototypes for uh, Monster Squad and uh, issue number two. You also had prototypes from a show that I have heard you talk about and read about, but I have never seen uh, called uh, The Man Called Sloan. Yeah, that was huge for me. And again, that's another one of those, like, I don't care if five people buy this. Um, (laughs) I'm so happy to be the guy presenting it. And even the guy who provided those was sort of like yeah i guess this was like a show i've never seen it and um oh my god that was one of my favorite television programs i actually um not only do i own um the show on dvd but i made migo customs of sloan and um and torque Mm, i remember Uh, those yeah. Uh, you know, a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, four years ago, mm-hmm. because I just like I'm the world's biggest fan of a man called Sloan. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just, you know, it's just a campy late 70s um, spy show that, you know, inhabits all that kind of disco era stuff. I mean, I the first episode is Roddy McDowell and his army of androids and then. You know, it it goes goes down from there. You know, the laser guns and and um, uh, killer spores and all that craziness. Um, <laughs> you know, and it has all these great, you know, like Clive Ravel and um, Robert Culp as as uh, as villains. And yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with that show as a kid. And to have somebody say, Oh yeah, I've got the prototypes. What do you, do you want to put something in your magazine? I don't even think he wanted to put something in the magazine. He just wanted to show me. Cause he's like, I think you like this show. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, these are the greatest things ever. And he's like, really? And you know, cause I think this guy was like a, a Kenner star Wars collector. Right. Uh, I think Chris, yeah, his name is Chris. And, and he's, uh, you know, he, he's brought me things over the years that he's dug up when he's in, you know, he's looking for Star Wars stuff. Right. And, you know, he's like, hey, you ever seen this man from Atlantis figure? And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> you know 
he thinks it's garbage. You know, but, that's Patrick uh, Duffy. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I think the one he showed me was Victor Bono. Oh, which is right. even cooler, you it's know, even cooler and the Batman um, connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> King I, I think it's one of his lesser known works. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And um, just stuff like that. Over the years, he's, you know, he's shown me pictures and stuff of things that are crazy. And I that's what Toy Ventures is supposed to be about is is is. Um, giving the spotlight to that kind of toy, like to say, "Hey, there were going to be man called Sloan action figures, right?" <laughs> and by the way, there's a show called Man Called Sloan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say, man, you know, it's like, um, I, I guess the legend is, is that Robert Conrad, there was supposed to be a, a, a Best of the West. Uh, Wild Wild West figure back in the '60s, right? And they the deal fell through, and they reused the oh, the, it's def, that Marks. Um, yeah, the Marks line. Yeah, yeah, the Marks did a, a figure, and I can't remember the name of it, but it, yeah, it's absolutely Robert Conrad. Yeah, um, I've never um, actually heard if that story is true, because at one point, um, from what I understand, is a lot of these toy companies would jump the gun on licenses they would they would sculpt the thing and make it and then the license would fall through um because a, a friend of mine once told me that um he had the the man from uncle toys and they just were called spies you know in these generic boxes yeah and he said something to the point of like um he believed that they were early versions of the Man from Uncle toys. Now, now you know, I could also throw out the, the conclusion that they're just like closeouts. But, um, you know, he, he believed that they they jumped the gun and got the likenesses and then got the license. You oh, know, like, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I never I you know I, I've never actually seen those toys. Um so I, I don't know, but you know, th there's always that belief that there could possibly have been, you know, Marks jumped the gun, sculpted the head, the license fell through, and they just threw the head out there as another character. I think it's called Captain Maddox. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think another yeah. character might have his vest and his his body or something, or yeah, Sam I, Cobra I know... or something like that. Yeah. I think somebody yeah. mentioned that on on uh, on Migo Knockoff or something the other day, or maybe uh, that seems like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that could be. Um, I've never really. Um, I'm not a Marks collector. Yeah. But either. I, I know lots of people that are. And um, I've seen some pretty nice James West um, uh, action figures out there, you know, yeah. like where they where they've actually like taken a, a Captain Maddox head and putting it on another body, and it, yeah, it's it's definitely the Wild Wild West. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, issue number three had that uh, wonderful spread on the Lincoln International Monsters. And of course, Mr. Rock, uh, who we'll get back yeah. to again later. I, I yes. know you had a personal childhood connection with these figures, right? Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, my dad was a distributor uh, uh, um, of 
of toys and novelties to variety stores and, and department stores and that sort of thing. And um, I um, remember going with him to a, uh, a distributor by the name of P.K. Douglas. And they were the official distributor of um, the Lincoln Monsters in Canada. And I think they put them under their Valiant brand. I think it was called Valiant. Hmm. Um, I've got I've got one here. I can't remember. I can't reach. Um, and I was a kid. You know, I, I didn't understand. I was probably six years old. And I said, um, I want a Frankenstein doll. Like there was a Frankenstein doll on the, on the, on the counter. And I, that's, I wanted that. And my dad ordered uh, like, you know, a couple cases of them. And I, we left without the Frankenstein doll. And I remember going to my mom like, um, when do we get that? You know, and she said, oh, well, yeah, that'll come in the, we, we, your dad ordered, placed a huge order and that'll come up with it. And, um, so I had the full set. I, I remember being blown away by that as a kid, like being able to, and I, you know, I broke a couple and, and my dad would just go, oh, you know, go get another one. So <laughs> like, you know, I, I, uh, I remember like breaking my Dracula and then just going to get another Dracula out of the box. And, um, what a hugely, uh, happy moment that was. Um, I, I was really, uh, blown away by the you know that era of toys i played monster squad with those and they were just one of the happiest uh childhood memories i had and um so doing that tribute to them in, in issue three was really vital to me um mr rock was a figure i did not have as a kid but um when it came to doing the premium for issue five, uh, we really, I really, you know, we kicked around a few ideas and, um, you know, Jason had this idea of doing like a, a pod stallions plane. And, um, I don't, I don't remember that conversation, but I totally remember having it with him. Like, you know, I just don't remember him mentioning the planes, but I, that's totally like believable. And, um, some somewhere around the line, I started thinking about like those tops flyers that came out, and how ridiculous it would be to have a Mister Rock, because <laughs> Mister Rock is just like the greatest ripoff of action figures ever. <laughs> and you know, I, I figured like I don't think anyone owns Mister Rock, and um, while I don't wish to you know, upset Paramount, I think I can get away with doing this, you know, and, um, I, I was thinking of the item and then I thought of like, who would I, how would, and I thought you would be the, the top artist for it because you have that wonderful style and it would, the, the sarcasm would shine through a little bit <laughs> and you were game and it, it, it was amazing how uh, that all came together. And so, yeah, issue 5's premium is uh, a Mr. Rock cosmic space flyer, which is the silliest toy no one needs. <laughs> and, you know, so I'm, I'm super excited about that. It, it, I was I was so I, I couldn't say yes fast enough, as I, as I told you. And and. I just love that it's like the perfect melding of, of knockoff and rack toy. Uh, 
because it's it's a rack toy of a knockoff, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like those um, uh, those Mighty Crusaders uh, pieces we were talking about in a way. Yeah. Even though those some of those characters predated some of the other, like the Shield predated Captain America, but they're perceived as kind of a uh, a low rent, you know, version of a Marvel or DC character. And Mister Rock, obviously, I, I think you described him once. And it's perfect. He's like Tony Randall as Mr. Spock. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that, that's definitely my work. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love the Hutzpah. I, I absolutely, you know, um, I think that's so funny when they do that. And I think, I think I'm not alone in that. I think knockoffs have a, um, a charm to mm-hmm. them, and. Um, that, you know, they range from being just kind of copying the format, and that's fun. But um, they're even better when they're just, you know, outla- outright blatant. You know, like um, I have a set of action figures called the the Sonic Man and Sonic Woman that are very clearly supposed to be the Bionic people. And, um, <laughs> you know, no, no, but I think that's the part that's the fun of it is that nobody's um no one's being fooled you know it is what it is right know? right yeah it's it's not i i mean those things and I, and I know you've brought this up before with like the the tomland aliens and stuff it's like oh, yeah. grandparents might have been fooled to picking them up as oh these are cantina aliens from star wars uh, these aren't star wars figures and, and and there probably were some parents and grandparents that brought mr rock home to a star trek fan thinking that you know this is oh. mr spock this is that dr spock guy you like right you know <laughs> and i hope to meet that guy someday um you know like i really i would really like to talk to i've never met a kid who had a mr rock you know a a former kid who had a mr rock i mean um i would love to have that conversation like what what did you think of it like you like any kid worth his salt would know that's not mr spock (laughs) right Um, He looks a little like Mr. Spock, but why has he got a pink radio and a flare gun? Oh, right? it's so yeah, it's so just whatever tooling they could find. It's so wonderful. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun uh, to do it, yeah. and, and I actually got to uh, contribute to uh, issue number three and and, yeah. and and scratch an itch that uh, that I had, you know, that's, that's been it, that's been irritating me uh, in a good way for years. And that was something that we used to talk about a lot in the early days. Of the Migo museum was where did this artwork come from? And, oh yeah, no. And you, you've got this amazing sixth sense for it. And you, you laid out a piece that I still think like my wife's like, yeah, you haven't quite beaten that. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, I, I didn't even do that. You know? Um, in terms of design and that's a huge compliment you know it's it's a beautiful piece uh and if you you know um if folks haven't checked that out that issue three has a very striking article about the sources for the migo world's greatest superhero artwork that i don't think can be topped um it's it's a really fun piece i'm so glad you you joined in on that um because uh, that's, again, what the magazine was supposed to be about is like really um, 
I wouldn't say off the beaten path, but not standard articles about toys. Right. You know, I, I really wanted to do give a voice to stuff that hadn't had a voice before. You know, um, and that was perfect. Well, thank you. I, I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to do it because, I mean, a lot of that, you know, um, a lot of things were and, – and unfortunately, I mean, I would have had to have gone back. I, I kind of wish I could have went back through years of the museum and said, well, who who discovered that this Iron Man came from this comic and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, it was just kind of like some of these things were like – collectively well we know that came from this but it was fun to like like go through like get the get the marvel uh unlimited app and and go through and <laughs> okay this is probably from the time period that migo would have uh been looking at and like just go through the comics and say oh mr fantastic on the 12 inch box came from this cover you know yeah uh stuff stuff like that you know it was it was it was really fun and and uh yeah i've always just like since i was a little kid i, I don't know it's it, it, i got the remco energized uh batman figure and thought hmm this head looks like an Irv Novik Batman. You know, <laughs> oh, what's funny. wrong yeah. with me? You know, <laughs> I, I never. Yeah, no. Well, we all have that. I think that's why we're doing this. Yeah, um, I can remember playing. I bought an Iron Man Amiga at the Hudson Bay store, and I was so excited. I was probably like seven or eight. And I brought it over to the kid's house. And this kid was like, oh, let's have Superman and Iron Man fight. And I was like. They can't. <laughs> They're from different universes. And it was like, you know, like, why Why does playing have rules? <laughs> right. You know, um, I can remember that as a kid. Like, okay, well, maybe Iron Man came through a portal. You know, let, let's do, like, I had to rationalize that, you know. And, and, you know, that's so strange to give, like, boundaries to play. Yeah. No, um, I, you know, I don't do that now, um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if we're going to have them meet, it's gotta be a treasury edition. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's <laughs> gotta, you gotta, you gotta lay this out. It is an event. Uh, <laughs> like Iron Man. And, and, you know, for some reason, Iron Man could totally take Superman that day, but that's right. because he was new. Right, he was new, and he looked—he was one of the better-looking Migos, too, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was, uh, that was a big day. Yeah, um, that's wonderful, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say, you know, one of the, one of the um, uh, probably the most touching article you've had in issue number four was uh, Corey LeChat's Munsters toy article. Yeah, um, that was that was just I mean, the pictures are, of course, wonderful. But the story itself of, of his friend that was the the monster collector was just just uh, oh, they really yeah. got to me. Yeah, it was it was pretty heartbreaking behind the scenes, too, because um, Tony um, wanted he saw um, the the first issue of um, Toy Ventures in a store called Ides, which is a famous comic and. Uh, you know, music and, and movie store in uh, in downtown Pittsburgh. And the reason he bought it was he said, oh, it looks like Corey Lachat's, um photography on the cover. And then when he found out Corey was in the magazine, he bought it and he called him and 
they, they chit chatted back and forth, and we were still in our early days of the magazine. And then I think he said, you know, do something about monsters, blah blah blah. And um, Corey relayed that to me. I, I believe Corey relayed that to me, and I said, oh yeah, you know, I'd love to do something about monsters. And then uh, Anthony passed away, hmm. um, uh, not long after, and um, that was. Um, that was, uh, you know, a huge, um, you know, a huge downer. And um, th- that inspired the issue. So, you know, um, it's it's uh, it, it's one of those things that's very bittersweet for us. Right. Yeah. You know, but it, it made a great issue and a great tribute to a good man. Um, but I'm sorry, uh, it had to happen like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, it's a, it's a really, it's a really sweet, uh, piece and, and, uh, the collection he adds just, uh, just amazing. I, I just, those, I don't know, the Munster stuff is just, uh, it's so charming. The, the likeness, the, <laughs> they, they just, you know, the, just the Fred Gwynn likeness on all the stuff is just, uh, it's just great. I, I just love it. And of course, in that issue, you also have the guide to the Migo Mad Monsters. And I hate to ask this, but I and I probably know the answer. But if you had to pick a line of monsters, AHI, Lincoln, or Migo, um, uh, you know, it it depends on the criteria. Okay. Uh, Lincoln's obviously are my childhood friends, so they they win. Right. Uh, in terms of style, um. Yeah, I really like the Mega Mad Monsters. They're really well designed, um, and it's probably the best made monster figure line of the middle seventies. Like the rest, you know, the HIs fell apart, sort of the Lincolns, but you know, the Mega figures were actually really, you know, high quality figures. But AHI Frankenstein, you know, like one the first AHI Frankenstein is like one of the most perfect Frankenstein figures ever made. Yeah, you know, it just somehow simply covers that that. So, like, basically, what I'm saying is like all of them. They're all great. They're all great in their own way. And um, I don't have a favorite because I have a, a, what was supposed to be like a um, dining room cabinet full of them. Um, you know, with the Remco's and all that, I, I think they're all great in their own way. And, um, I can't pick a favorite. Well, I can pick a favorite. It'd be the Lincolns just because of that childhood connection. So that's a bias, I guess. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So you've got issue number five up for pre-order now. So what's in store for readers in that issue? Uh, we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to continue our conversations with Marty Abrams about Planet of the Apes. And I have a really long, running series about that because you can't cover that in one issue uh cory is going to do a piece on baby frankenstein which is a um uh universal's attempt to kind of kidify uh the universal monsters in the late 70s early 80s and it's it's kind of an untold uh chapter of universal monsters and then um there is a piece by Tyler Ham, who is a new contributor called uh, – well, I called it I'm Not Like Other Guys. And what it is is there's a toy line in the early 80s 
based on the Michael Jackson thriller video that is unlicensed. <laughs> uh, that you know they they call it thriller graveyard gang. And it's just an incredibly silly line of toys. Um, after that, we have a piece by David Lockwood on Electro Man and Zog, which is a very iconic 70s toy that really doesn't get a lot of uh, attention. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, my my good friend Jason Lindsay, who um, is my podcast partner, is, we did an interview with Alex Ross about his toy collecting. Wow. And, it's absolutely wonderful. Alex is just a joy to work with. And um, he really was a big fan of the magazine. And that really, um, you know, to have a guy like that say he thinks that our publication is special is, um, well, it, it's very validating. And um, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's issue five. And I'm already um my head's now in issue six and we're going to do some, some fun stuff. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's one of the most positive things that has, uh, uh, has come out of the pandemic, I guess. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy about it. That's, that's fantastic. And you've also, I've, I've I know you got to go, but, but I've got to, I've got to ask you about your wonderful book. Rack toys is actually coming back into print. Yeah, the the folks uh, behind Toys That Made Us, Nacelle Publishing, uh, they, they, Nacelle Company, has formed a publishing company, and they uh, tapped me um, and a couple other folks like Mark Palomo uh, to, uh, pr- you know, publish books under their banner, and that that really made me happy. Uh, it took me a while to to figure out if I wanted to do it. Because like Rack Toys is my baby and I'm possessive of it. And then um, the more I thought about it, the more it made sense because I wasn't going to do anything with it. And, you know, um, they were so like supportive and excited about it. And that just um, that just really made me enthusiastic about the whole thing. And so I'm, I'm super excited to be working with them. And they've been awesome. And um yeah, it's it's what a, what a validating thing to have your your baby uh, be picked up by a new family. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good. I like that. that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I I love the first edition and and I can't wait for the second edition because I I really do think it's one of the nicest toy books that that I, I've seen and and well, definitely thanks one, very much. It's definitely yeah. one of my favorites in the collection because again, it's 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 got that you've got that. It, much like Toy Ventures, it's got that tactile uh, feeling about it that you just you can just almost like you can just take them off and you know hang them on your wall. The little <laughs> in the package, yeah, it, the it's, to- to- <laughs> it's totally a love letter to my childhood, and um, uh, you know I'm glad I'm glad you feel that way about it. So I'll let you go, Brian. But before you head out, uh, why don't you plug where folks can find you? Well, they can. Oh, right. You mean not physically, but online. No, no. Um, well, they can order toy ventures and rack toys and. Oh yeah, them. yeah. I don't know where they can order rack toys yet because that that link isn't available to me yet. But um, okay. I'm available at uh, uh, plaidstallions.com, um, and that link will tell you take you to my like I'm swapping websites right now, but if you type in plaid stallions, you'll probably find me. Right, uh, and uh, I'm on YouTube as Brick Mantooth, 
And uh, I uh, hang around on the old school forums at Miko Museum. Right. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we've been interacting there for many, many years at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy how long that's been, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, this was great, Ryan. It's yeah, always a pleasure. Thanks so much, man. It's, it's fun to talk to you. And, and I, I can't uh, say enough great things about all this and all, all, everything you do. It's just, and it's all very positive and drama free and fun. And I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I love it. It's, it's a ray of sunshine in a dreary world. <laughs> it really is. So there's, there's so, you know, I just want this to be fun. So, right. um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really glad there's so many people that, that feel the same way because there's just, there's too much outrage and, you know, craziness out there. Right. Definitely. And it's not, you won't find it on Brian's YouTube channel or his, his website or his magazine. So definitely check those out and have some fun. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. And uh, hopefully we'll be back sooner than later with another episode of Wonderful Toys. Bye. Sounds good, man. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. See ya. Greatest stars on a special two-hour premiere. Ah, showbiz, I love it. Then, Robert Conrad outfonds Bond in a man called Sloan as he battles an army of killer robots out to destroy the world. Well, it keeps me off the streets. It's Super Action Saturday.